You know what a fat cat is? I mean, like a big old cat? A Maine Coon? A mountain lion? An overlarge pussy. <laughs> oh. <laughs> nice big swollen lips. It's a fat cat. Love it. It's Naughty by Natty, baby. All right. Check it out. So, um, today on our amazing episode of Naughty by Natty, we're going to go through um, a little bit about mental health. Um, We're going to get serious. We're going to be not serious. Like, we're just going to do the damn thing. So, um, this episode, I am interviewing Mr. Tyler Silva. Hello, everybody. Of Rundown Roommates, Squared, uh, The Rundown with Silva podcast, and what else? Uh, I think that's about it, really. I'm getting pretty savage on the golf course, so Tiger Woods better look out. But anyways. That too. (laughs) Mr. Uh, Silva with the, the, um, the golf expertise. Something like that. That's not what I wanted to say, but whatever the fuck. (laughs) How are you? Anyways, good. How are you? It's good. It's good to see you. I feel like I haven't really got to hang out with you in a long time. Yeah, it's been crazy. <laughs> Anything new and exciting right now, V? Anything new and exciting? Sure. Um, if we want to like get to that point, uh, I started a, a band, which is a, a No Doubt cover band. I know. I've seen you practice every so often. Sound good. good. Nobody, uh, yeah, we're not really out there yet because we keep uh, shifting and going through members to get the right people that will fit the band. But yeah, so it'll be out there sooner or later. Um, For most of you guys listening, like you go, like a lot of people don't know me as Veronica. Some people know me as Natty, like it's back and forth. Nobody like pretty much puts the two together. I can see why they're. Completely it, yeah. different. Well, <laughs> I I started the podcast as a, a different persona just to fuck around. And I've been interviewing all my friends and they slipped the V in there, the the Veronica. They also slipped the D in there. You never know. Whoa. Yeah. How many so, of your guests have done that? A lot. <laughs> Especially Jeremy Daniels of uh, Cosmic Soup. He just, he slips the D in there all the time. That's a big slip. <laughs> but anyways, getting a little bit more serious with mental health. Um, first question off the bat. Do you feel that you struggle with any mental health issues? Absolutely. I mean, and it's it, as much as it is a joke, like it is real. But most of us musicians and things like that and these guys that are in these punk bands or whatever we do this a lot for our mental health and it's because we know what it feels like to be in unstable places, not, you know, how to deal with our emotions incorrectly in a lot of cases. And as a musician, I feel like when, when I go to these shows and when I get to be part of these bands and when I get to hang out with these guys, it's, it is the escape from my mental health at the end of the day, you know, especially men, you know, like men's mental health within the last two years, especially with the pandemic and everything, has just like gone the absolute shitter. Yeah. It's it's been tough. And, you know, I've experienced it firsthand. I've seen it firsthand. 
it's um it's not easy like i i definitely go through a lot like i'm really not good at like expressing my emotions and keeping things like really bottled up um and it's not that like i build them up and then eventually lash out or anything like that but i just don't deal with them and you know i i start going into my own little world that's not great it's almost like i'm going in this dark corner and just sitting there and trying to be content but you just can't yeah it's and, tough and you think of like the difference between men and women, like women are so open about their feelings. Absolutely. And men kind of like suppress it. So it, it goes to the point where like, I feel like men feel like it's harder for them to let out their, your like their, their mental state. Like, yeah. And, and, you know, I would say like a lot of societies, you know, a lot of, putting the thought in that, you know, a, a good woman doesn't want a soft man, you know, a vulnerable man or anything like that. And it's tough for men to be vulnerable. It's tough for all of us to be vulnerable, you know, for sure. When it takes like a, a man, when you grow up, like someone that you look up to, they're always saying like, oh, you got to be tough. Like men don't cry. Men don't do this. Yeah. Men don't, whatever. And then women are just like, oh, we're, it's okay for women to cry. But at the same time, like we're like, we're weak and we're this and we're that. It's always just, like, a stipulation, like, honestly, like, it doesn't fucking matter. Like, you are who you are, but, like, I feel just, like, society just makes people think or make people feel like men need to be hard and they can't have emotions. And, like, women are always, like, here and there and everywhere. And, like, people look at women like we're fucking crazy, but yet... You know, men have that shit too, but you guys suppress it more because you're so used to people telling you that you have to yeah. be something that, you know, like you literally are told all the time, like growing up, that you have to be tough. You have to be this. You have to be that. And like, you can't show emotion. Like girls are just like, okay with it. But at the same time, women also get judged for having too much emotion. So yeah. when I was a kid, um, my, uh, my biological father stepped out of my life when I was about four years old. Um, and then I had a stepfather from about six years old till um, a little after high school. Mm -hmm. And he, um, he wasn't really a fan of me. He was uh, addicted to steroids and cocaine and um, a big football head and things like that. And, you know, things were physically hard in the house and things were emotionally hard in the house too. And, you know, he was my coach too through like, you know, either playing t-ball or popcorn or football. And I played sports all of my life, you know, and, you know, it was exactly what you're saying, you know, like, don't be a fucking pussy, like get up, go hit somebody, put that shit off to the side. Like, don't, it. basically the message is like, don't deal with things, mm -hmm. you know, suppress it. Yeah, exactly. Suppress it, suppress it. And you know, there's as much as I do resent him at some times, there are times where I'm like, well, if I didn't have something like that, like I do feel like there, I would have a much weaker side of me. Yeah. And I don't really know what the common balance really looks like in, in parenting or like being there for someone to, you know, say, hey, get up. You have to do this, you know, and put those things aside and yet still dealing with your emotions. You know, that right. common ground, I think. Is hard to find but it's not impossible i think it's the way that they um they speak to you and uh treat you as a person because you can tell some like a a child to not be weak without being a dick about it you know what i mean like 
Absolutely. Because there's a lot of people that are like, oh, you fucking pussy. Like, what the fuck? Like, you're so fucking stupid. Blah, blah, blah. Like, that's, I think, when it comes to mental health is where it fucks people up. Because there's they're constantly beating themselves up over, like, you're no good. You're, no, you're not this. You're, instead of, like, somebody that's positive that puts you to the point, like, hey, like, you're not doing that good. Like, check it out. Like, this is what you should do. And this is what you should do better in that way rather than uh, don't be a pussy. Like, And I think, too, um, what maybe is, like, the most scary part about when these kind of influences are put on you is that you start to believe that if you don't do these things, like the world will not welcome you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like no woman is going to want you. No job is going to want you. Um, you know, like no one is going to want you if you don't act this certain way. And that's that's what's like the scariest part of it, you know? Yeah. Is to think that if I, you know, don't nut up and shut up and suppress my emotions or whatever it is, no one's going to want you. Yeah. No one in this world is going to want you. Not a job, not a family, not a girlfriend, whatever it is. It, it's scary. You know, you really think you are going to be nobody if you can't suppress your emotions and go out and try to be somebody. It's, it's a scary thought. Like the older I get, it's, it's, it's bizarre to look at. And the older I get, I'm trying to even just take my life in a different direction and think about my emotions and like really look at things from a different eye. And you know, I, I'll say right now, like, I do feel bad for my girlfriend because, like, I'm pretty emotionally, like, shut off. Like, yes, we love to go have fun together and do fun things and go see shows and go, like, last night we went to dinner and had a really good time. But, like, when it comes to, like, an emotional level, I am super cut off, you know? Yeah. And it's tough. I, I, I feel for her some days, but there are these walls that, you know, you want to break down and are afraid to break down. And, also, just letting someone in like that is a scary thought. Right. You know, I've been in previous relationships where those things have been used against me, pinned against me, and eventually led to either someone leaving or violence in the house or anything like that. Yeah. And I'm I'm the same way. Like, I'm so, like, blah with emotions. Like, I don't even yeah. mean to, but it's just like, like, some, like, say my husband brings me flowers. I'm like, oh, thank you. Like, mm cool like i appreciate it, but i like i don't have that like oh thank you like yeah. you know what i mean and it's you know, just that, like that's how my yeah, girlfriend cool. is like, like i appreciate it, but i'm not gonna like be like oh yeah like, like when i like obsessed. when i bring flowers home because i will my girlfriend would be super stoked and i'll be like you're welcome the end like that, that's the extent yeah. of my emotions you know what i mean <laughs> like there's no card in there expressing like how i feel or anything like that like here you go i got these because i really love you yeah. The end. Like <laughs> it just sucks because it feels like um your your time before however you're raised and the people that are around you and your influences is it's just how they treat you and how you portray things or how like you could at one point like for me for example, like I used to be a very outgoing person, always been like, you know, like not flamboyant, but like more like out there and like ready to like just go and like be myself and not give a fuck but anyone thought but then I had people be like dude like you need to tone it down like just you need to stop you're annoying so it's just like little things it's just like okay like am I that like fucked up like am I like not good enough or do you think when uh, like kind of how you're both just going 
similar off the, the flowers thing or whatever, and how we're just so meh and blah. Yeah. Um, like, what do you what do you think? Like, the effect on like other people around? Like, do you think that has a negative effect on other people around you when you're not expressing yourself? Um. Yeah. Well. Yes and no, because most of the people that we hang out with, I feel like we're all on the same page. Like, I feel like nobody really lets themselves out until they get fucked up. Yeah. Unfortunately. Right. Because you go to a show, like, perfect example, like, nowadays, like, everyone's, like, our age. Like, you go to a show and people are just, like, sitting there and, like, blah. But, like, until people, like, get buzzed or, like, whatever, then they come out of their shell. Like, everyone's just so obsessed with everyone, like, thinks about them. And, like, it's like like I said, like a mental health thing. Like we've been so like bullied or fucked up like in our life. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't even know if I'm answering your question that you asked me, but like, I just feel like it's just, yeah, I think people are affected in a lot of ways because I don't know. (laughs) It's just hard because I have my uh, days where I go to a show and I'm completely sober and people are trying to talk to me. And they're like, hey, what's up? Blah, blah. I'm just like, yeah, yep, yep. I don't say shit. But as soon as I get like a few beers in me and I'm like, don't care anymore. I'm like, hey, guys, like, what's up? Like the same people. And it's like a completely different person. It's still me. But it's more of my don't give a fuck anymore because of that. Yeah, you're kind of breaking down walls and things like that. Yeah, and I think that's why people get so addicted to drugs and alcohol is because you can actually not feel so tense. When Absolutely. you're around people, it lets you forget about how you're like, it lets your mind breathe, basically. Yeah, it's um, it's tough. Um, I feel like sometimes, like, especially my girlfriend, you know, she is like, you know, you and Gio had a really deep talk out there. I'm like, yeah, you know, we're just talking as boys. She's like, we don't talk like that. I'm like, well... You know, and it's it's a weird thing because it's not that I'm trying to cut her out, but I'm just like not that much of an emotional person. And some people, I think, just really know how to read. Like, you know, me and Gio are best friends. Like, we mm-hmm. we play music together, and like we when we're writing together, we're we're talking about extremely personal experiences in our lives sometimes. And so we start thinking about how to interpret that to one another, and we're really communicating on these levels that I don't communicate with a lot of people on. Yeah. Like rather it be my mom, my girlfriend, my brother, my sister, um, even some of my oldest friends I've known since I was five years old. Um, you know, music is a different level for some of us and it is a big way of getting things off of our chest. And um, I think during the pandemic too, Bailey really knew um, that she's like, dude, you really need to get on stage. You're a fucking asshole. <laughs> like you know, what I mean? yeah. or like you're just you know not yourself right now. Yeah, more than you know, more than ever, and it's but, just yeah, yeah. It's just like when we perf- like when I'm playing music or when I'm performing or doing anything like that's when I feel okay. And not everyone has these outlets. Well, you got to think too, like with men and women, like men are more comfortable with talking to men about their problems, and same with women, like. And we got to understand that because us women like Bailey and I, like we, we understand you guys and we're there for you. And we were like down for whatever you say. And like, you know what I mean? Like we can adapt to like whatever you're going through, but it's not the same because like men and women have different emotions. And that's the thing. Like 
it's a lot different when you're talking to man on man with someone that you know and that you can relate to, like you and Geo. Like you have your guys' shit together. Like you have your stuff you talk about that you don't talk with anybody else. Yeah. You guys have your stuff. But just like girls, girls do it too. If you have a a close girlfriend, because girls are fucking all over the place. It's always drama with women. But if you can find like a woman, just like, you know, like men do, because men are very better at like, they don't open up unless they definitely know that it's someone you can trust. Girls, they'll get like drunk and be like, oh, and then you got these girls that are going to judge you. But either way, what I'm trying to say is like, it's hard when being a wife or a girlfriend with a man and vice versa is because we can't relate to each other on the same level because it's just the whole fucking, like, hate to say it, like, women are from Venus, Venus and men and are from Mars, men are from Mars yeah. or whatever the fucking shit. Like, we just don't understand each other. And I think that's the biggest thing is, like, it just, it doesn't happen. As much as us women try to adapt to you guys, it's easier for women to adapt to men's stuff than men are to adapt to women. And I think that's the biggest thing. Yeah, I think um, I think with that goes like a lot of uh, traditional roles, right? Like I I do feel like in my household, and it's not necessarily true, but there's a part of me is like I have to be the provider. Yeah, you know what I mean. And you know, my girlfriend actually makes more money than me now. Yeah, and, and it's we provide for each other, but like that mentality has not left me. You know, like I I do feel like I have this role to fulfill. And with that comes, you know, whatever you want to call it, but it like, it's like shut down the emotions and do what you have to do. That's what the role like comes down to for me. You know, don't bring that shit home. Home is a good place. Home is a peaceful place. Like I don't bring up a lot of my depression or like my, uh, you know, what's giving me anxiety. I don't do any of that shit at home or bring it up to my girlfriend. Um, one, because I don't want to deal with it at home. I feel like all that shit is outside. But with that but comes... But do you deal with it outside of the home? To an extent, you know. Um, so you can bring that to your boys, but not at home with your woman. Well, yeah. In, in this Which much, is fine. I'm not judging Yeah, you. no. And I, and I do feel that way because, like, you know, what us boys do, um, like, I like to go play golf. Like, I like to go smash golf balls. Or I like to come see your smash yeah. guitar strings. Like, there's usually some other act in getting... First of all, like negative feelings out. And then once like negative feelings are out, then you can kind of talk about things freely. You know what I mean? If you want to. But like at home, you know, like I'm not like getting anything out maybe physically. And so like if you were to ask me to express myself emotionally at home, I'd just be pissed. I'd be crying. I'd be all over the fucking place. All the things I don't want to be at home, you know? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So I... Like, don't fucking talk to me. Like, I just, yeah. yeah. Like, my girlfriend's like, we're okay, right? And we are okay. But she's like, but yeah. you're okay, right? And I'm like, I'm fine. You yeah. know what I mean? Maybe I'm not. Maybe I'm lying a little bit about that. Right. But I just have a different way. And maybe it's not healthy. I'm not saying it. I'm not telling anyone to do what I do. No. like. But the way that I do it is I go and I get these things out at work, on the golf course, um, yeah, you know, in my bands, uh, in writing, all of my other outlets, and then when I come home, like I, I just want it to be peaceful. I want to have a peaceful life you with don't my want girlfriend. To talk serious? No, okay. dude, I know. That's what I'm saying. Like men and women is like she comes home, 
And she's got so much to say to She might you. have a few things to say. Yeah. <laughs> she's like, hey, like, you're the person that I come to because I trust you and you're the one. Like, and I like and that's that the thing person. between men and women is us women is I've had a long day. I want to talk to you about it because I trust you. And I feel like I can tell you because you're the only person I want to talk about it. And you give me comfort. The thing with guys is they're good at being like, okay, like I already fucking got rid of that shit. I'm home. Like this is my relax, like you said, relaxed mm-hmm. place. But literally that's us as women. It's the opposite. We're going to sit there and like throw yeah. all that shit at you. Not meaning to. Right. But it's like, we can go and bullshit, like talk shit to other people, coworkers or whatever, and our friends and have our little hobbies here and there. But at the end of the day, like, for women, like, we come home and, like, I know you don't want to hear it, but, like, we do it because we we feel safe and comfort with you. And that's why we do it. And, unfortunately, you have to, like, I don't. it's the wrong place yeah, and the wrong time. No. Because that's why it's, like, the opposite of men and women. It's, like, we're yeah. not c- connecting. Like, there's got to be a time and a place for everyone. But we got to figure out that balance. Yeah. And, like, there's, like, I love listening about my girl's day or, like, if she's going through something. Like, I yeah. want to be there for her. But, like, sometimes I feel like she looks at me. She's like, why aren't you going through anything? Are you? I'm like, I might be. And she's like, do you want to talk about it? I'm like, not really. I, mean, <laughs> I let it out. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, I have other ways of, of dealing with my problems. And I'm I'm all ears for her problems or anything going on in her life. I want to be there for sure. Um, but I, I think it is a little off-putting to her. She's like, you know, you never talk to me like that. I'm like. I don't really talk to anybody like that. I just start playing music. She probably just feels insecure. Like, hey, I'm throwing all this shit at you. Like, do you have something to say too? So I don't feel like a fucking dumbass, like expressing all my feelings and throwing out you. Like, I feel like she feels like, of course, maybe you should. Yeah. Yeah. And trust me, there's some guilt that comes with that too. But like, I don't know, like when I'm at home or like with her, like those things aren't even on my mind all of a sudden. You know what I mean? Like I'm kind of in like. My you got zone. it out of the way. Yeah, like I got it out of the way or, you know, like I'm I'm dealing with it like not here, you know? Yeah. And it's it sucks that that's like very off-putting to her, but it's like, it's well, for me. Like the, I said, like women, yeah. they hide their shit outside of our comfort zone and then we blast it right. to you guys. And I think it's the opposite. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it, you know, my uncle just died a few months ago and um, when I, since I was 15 years old, um, I feel like that was the one guy and the one setting and like this, this whole thing of, of where I really started, um, expressing myself and, and getting over things emotionally and seeing the world in a different perspe- perspective. Like, you know, just when you think something is that bad, it's not, you know, yeah. and this is a very small part of your life that will pass. And I learned a lot of these things through my uncle and it's, it's been bizarre since he's been gone. And it was really tough, but, uh, cause, you know, he died just a few months ago and, and it has been weird to know that the thing I've been going to since I was like 15 years old to kind of deal with my emotions just isn't really there anymore. Right. And, you know, it's not that expressing myself emotionally or getting these things off my chest stops there. I guess it's just weird that my comfort zone is gone now, you know, right. yeah. it's, it's, it's been weird and. It's definitely been harder. I feel like, I mean, it's been hard on me, but it's, I feel like it has been hard for people around me, rather you be in my band or be in a relationship with me or be part of my family. Um, 
not that I'm being a dick or anything, but to get to me on an emotional level, I think has been challenging you're just, lately. You're zoning shit out. You're trying to just yeah. like shake away the emotions and pretend like they're not there, but they're yeah. there. So have you like seeked medical help like since then or like in general in your entire life? Have you ever seeked medical help? I've like, never seeked medical help. Um, not sure if it's good or bad. Um, at this point in my life, I will say um, I I am a, a little happy that I haven't seeked medical help. And I only say this because when um, an issue does come at me, I, I do my best to deal with it and not suppress it. Because I feel like mm-hmm. when you suppress it, that's when things get bad. And, and people that do suppress things... And, and feel like things are bad, I, I recommend medical help for sure. They eventually hurt themselves. Absolutely. And others. Yes, and others. Um, Mentally, physically, whatever. Exactly. I've lost family members to this and all sorts of things. And the only reason that in my particular situation, and just because of who I am, I'm different than everyone else, um, I, I feel like when these obstacles come in front of me, overcoming them is an accomplishment and it feels good, but it's also something to put into my repertoire of something I'll write music about and I can relate to others with. The reason I really love music is because it is about taking my life experiences and being able to relate to others and showing others that things are going to be all right. Like that's what I've always wanted to do through music. You know, if you were to stop and read some of my songs, like just read them, you'd be like, this is a very, very shitty situation. Like this is not cool. But if, when I sing them to you and let you know that everything's going to be okay, I, it's, it's almost like a companionship. That's what I want to do through music is like, Hey, I know you feel this way, but things are going to be okay. And we are going to get through this together. We're going to get over this and you're going to be stronger at the end of it. So when bad situations come into my life, I like to tell myself that at the end of this, like there is going to be a stronger part of me and there is going to be a part of me that's going to help others. And when something else like, like this happens, I'm going to be ready for it, even if it's unexpected. It's, it's weird. You know, when, when I lost friends to, and family members to, um, maybe drug problems or anything like that, you know, alcoholism. Um, I guess I was just ready to see the signs now, you know, rather it be in myself, rather it be in others. When my uncle died, um, I actually, like, as much as I would have probably done this when I was younger, I, I wasn't really drinking to deal with. I love yeah. to drink. You know me. I, yeah. I, I love drinking. I love Same. having a good time. <laughs> yeah. But I didn't want to associate a lot of the things that I enjoy with tragedy. And so, um, when my uncle died, you know, he pretty much drank himself to death and then grabbed the gun and took a gun to his head and it was extremely unexpected. But every time he was depressed, he would get a bottle of whiskey. And when we were cleaning out his place, we just found bottles and bottles and bottles stashed beneath, you know, his pillow and under the bed and, Things like that. And I didn't want to give up drinking. I'm not going to lie. I love to drink. I love to have a good time. It makes me feel loose. But like I didn't want my drinking to be a crutch for when I am feeling bad. That was a, not an easy decision, but it was like an adult decision 
that I wanted to make at the age of 29 going into 30. Like, I'm not going to let my vices that I enjoy get the best of me. I watched it happen firsthand. And if I am that depressed and if I am dealing with my depression with substances, that's when I know I maybe need something more. Yeah. You know? And so, like, my biggest goal after my uncle dies is, like, if I am depressed, I am not going to be dealing with it with substances. And if you see a beer in my hand, that means I'm having a good time. Yeah. That means I'm here for today. I want to be there. I want to be yeah. there for the moment and have a good time. So, with coping-wise, which you pretty much said, so when it comes to coping, your coping is just getting out there with friends and having a beer or two or whatever, right? Is that the way you cope? Or is there other ways that you cope besides I think, like when you're by yourself? Like how do you cope when I you're think alone? Coping, I think coping has been like everything that I maybe just explained maybe isn't really coping, you know? Yeah. Um, because all I've been wanting to do they're more is, excuses. Yeah, maybe they're excuses. But, but how do you cope with cope, so, cope? Yeah, like, so my biggest thing when he died was he gave me a very good life and I can't let it go to waste. So it's why I've been trying to be more involved with the band, more involved with my family, more involved with my friends. But when it comes to coping, I that's that's something I don't know that I, I'm doing well with, you know, even to this day. I don't know if I'm coping well. Um, I, you know, I go, I, I don't, there's not a day that goes by where. Um, you don't think about it. Yeah, I. Does does it bother you because the fact that he was that person that always kept you going and basically told you all these things that you're saying now and like it was just a shocker because from what I've heard in the past before your uncle got, died like he was your your the person that you looked up to the person that you followed he'd be the one right now saying like hey don't give up. Don't do this. Like you are amazing. You're great. Whatever. He was always that motivator. He was always like positive. And then it was just literally out of nowhere to where like, what do you fucking do when that person that kept you going went down to the point where like to where like who fucking knows what pushed him over the edge yeah. You know what I mean? And that's the thing with all people that we uh we love and we appreciate and the people that commit suicide or overdose or do whatever because you notice like all these people that we look up to they're always that positive like hey, don't do this, don't do that. You're amazing. Do this, blah blah blah. And it's the last person that you would expect to f commit suicide, unfortunately. And like what yeah. I'm asking you is, do you think that, like, obviously, I can't even ask you this question, is, like, obviously, like, you had no idea that this was going to happen? Well, it's... Or maybe you did, but, So, yeah, just to write off your coattails a little bit, um, you know, we, we saw the signs of his mental health. And um, it was the point where... You know, Went to a clinic and I had to go chase him down at 3 a.m. to figure out where he was. And, you know, he started taking medication and he was trying to deal with his mental health. The The hardest thing, um, I think, was his addiction because he 
he couldn't take his meds without whiskey. You know, like it, it, he just couldn't put the bottle down. And it was like two to three bottles a day sometimes of Jameson. And when those things, you know, just like we said, we the alcohol can some, sometimes break down barriers. Before you know it, this guy is so fucked up on his, you know, medication that he's talking to his demons in a corner and losing who he really is. And it, it was tough, you know. There was a part of him that wanted to get help, and then there was a part of him that couldn't put down the bottle. So I think when you see mental health and addiction going hand in hand like that, it's I'm not sure what the what the what we could have done better you know i'm not i'm not sure what we could have done to help him i'm i'm sure there's a lot of listeners that saying well you could have done these things at the moment we didn't know what to do but you know the last there's nobody that can say like what you can do with someone because yes there are signs with people but there's no fucking way because everyone's different yeah because you can have people that are always crying for help like oh i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do that and then nothing happens and then there's people that are literally silent and then out of nowhere they kill themselves. Like you can't mm-hmm. determine on this, that, or any other. So whoever's listening, what you said, like, I don't give a fuck what they think, because you know what? Everyone has their own experiences because there's so many different people that commit suicide or OD on drugs because of and it's not even like trying to commit suicide, but it's just like to that point where they want to die, but yet they still are suppressing themselves with drugs and heroin, fentanyl, whatever the fuck. It's not even like, oh, I want to die. Like, these people want to live, but they're going to, like, put a needle in their arm. They're going to do this. They're going to do that because they don't want to feel pain. Not necessarily that they want to die, but sometimes those people, unfortunately, they die Yeah. in the process of trying to suppress feelings, not wanting to die. And then, yeah. Yeah, if I could have done one thing differently, I think, now just kind of looking at it, is, is, is the only thing I wish I would have done has gone to a, a professional and just explain the situation in detail to get help from a professional. That's that's probably the one thing that I wish I maybe could have done a little bit better as, you know, his nephew and things like that. It was tough, man. Like when I was 15 years old, home was not a very good place for me at the time. And uh it's kind of living out of the house. And uh, I, I kept going to this tattoo shop and they asked, why are you here every day? My friends were kind of experimenting with drugs at the time. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. But like, no, I was fine. a little scared bitch at the time. And I was like, well, my friends are kind of like experimenting drugs and like things aren't very good for me at home. So I like, I just kind of come and hang out here. And, um, you know, he, we were just inseparable after that. And. It's crazy. Like I, uh, he came to my first shows before I was in Rundown or Squared or anything like that. And when I started Rundown Roommates, um, on all the shows and almost like I, I wrote a lot of the songs out front of his tattoo shop with him, showing him all the stuff and a lot of backyard parties of us just drinking and singing songs and big hugs. It was so much fun. It's it's kind of like you don't realize that the best days of your life are are happening when they're happening, you know? Yeah. And uh, as time went on, things just got bigger. Like, the band got bigger, the family got bigger, like, 
he he was a huge part of just who I am as a person and supported you. Yeah, and, and when it, you. when every when anything I does grows, rather it be the podcast or a band or a song or a music video or anything like that, it's it's because he showed me how things grow. And that goes back to not having your dad around. Yeah, yeah, I di- I didn't really have a constructive male figure. Um, and that's why he's such yeah. a big part of your life. Yeah, he he was like a father to me, and um, in all the best ways. And you know, when the pandemic happened, I'd say like things for his mental health really, really went downhill, and, and that was hard to watch, hard to be a part of. You know, we were kind of always telling each other during the pandemic too that like you know once this is all over, like only imagine what we're gonna do. Things are great. I'm gonna be playing shows again. And, you're going to be tattooing again and, you know, all these things. Because he was an amazing tattoo artist. And uh, after he died, and uh, he died uh, right before the last weekend of May, Memorial Day weekend, uh, my mom showed me um, some screenshots of her text messages with him that he was trying to plan my birthday the following month with my mom. And uh, he wasn't there to see me turn 30. <laughs> it's tough. I, I thought he would, uh, I don't know, I thought he'd be here till the end, you know. Gotta think he's always gonna be there, and I feel like, uh, I didn't get a chance to show him how great I was going to be, you know? I, I just, I wanted to, I wanted him to see me at least peak at, at like what I thought like greatness could really be. And I think I thought that all the time. So yeah. it's like Marquee Theater was awesome. Pot of Gold was awesome. And all these things were great. But I was like, this isn't the end. Like, wait till he sees me do this or this or that or. And he was always like, you're going to do it. You're going to do it. I, you know, I I thought he was always going to be here to see those things. He's still seeing it. I don't know. Like, I don't know about, like, religion and, like, all that stuff. and Yeah. Like, whatever. But, like, people say, like, he sees you. He's proud of you. Or I don't even know how to say it because I don't know how I feel about all that stuff. But at the same time, I feel like when you have that connection with someone, like, that deep, yes. I feel like they're still there with you. Yeah. I'm not saying, like. All this other religion shit, but like I feel like you guys had a really good connection, and I think it's there. Yeah, and I think, I think saying our last goodbyes was, it, it put like a it, a really strange reality on me. Um, Uncle didn't have the greatest family growing up, and when it came to his funeral, um, there was only six of us. Me, his son, his widow, friend of hers, Justin, my boy. Uh, Is your mom there? No, I, my mom offered to come. Uh, just so everyone knows, too, he, he is not my blood uncle. Um, I discovered him when I was 15 years old and had nowhere else to go. We are not blood. He just looked after me. Um, but yeah, it was... Um, it was bizarre. 
you know, it, it was just me, Johnny, his wife, his son, my boy Justin, his widow and her friend. And it kind of shows you that uh, you only take so much with you, you know. It's not that everyone else didn't love him or anything, but I think a lot of people couldn't take it. Walked up to the table and he was still in his gown. Hair was a mess. See, they tried to cover up the bullet hole through his forehead with some makeup. And, uh, just, uh, just seeing, that's the last vision I have of my uncle. Kills me. I think about it every day. Usually when I wake up, it's like one of the first things on my mind. Just kind of get the day going to get over it, but missing him has, uh, Missing him has been rough. Just knowing that he's uh, not really going to be there anymore. Left behind kids. And now I have to be, I have to be the best part of my uncle now that he's gone. And make sure that the worst parts of him don't happen in others. It's a weird responsibility that you feel. And I feel like, Sometimes I feel like emotionally responsible to be better for others and without dealing with my own emotions. And it's a big roller coaster, you know, but I, I feel like a lot of things are getting better in my life for sure since he's been gone. Have I fully dealt with him being gone? Probably not. You know, I don't know if I ever will, but I can't let all of the energy and good things he did for me go to waste because yeah. I feel like he really put like a really really huge impact on me to make some shit kid a better person and I feel like because of him I am a better person I can't imagine what my life would be like without him can't imagine what spirals I'd be on or if I would even be playing music or be committed to anything important in my life <laughs> I feel like everybody needs and um always craves that one person that can tell you that you can be whoever you want to be like as cheesy as it sounds yeah. like and and kind of the coattail you gotta have that yeah the good yeah kind of the coattail back to like you know men's mental health i think a lot of men really do look for a strong male figure for acceptance right and i think that's why uh Sports are important. Like, I know a lot of, like, punk rockers aren't, like, really that into sports or anything like that. But I've had some fucking amazing coaches. One I still know to this day. And having that strong figure to say that you can do anything no matter how hard you try, even though it hurts. Like, maybe this hurts right now. Like, you're going to accomplish this. You're going to do this. And yeah. They take pride in you when you do these things. But I think you need that constant. Absolutely. You need it at home and you need it outside of home, like your home. But if you don't have it at home, you still need to constantly be having somebody that's there if you're not getting it at home. Because honestly, that's where kids go off the rails because they don't always have that at home. And like, it sucks. It does. It, it really does. And um, it's a scary thought. Like, I, I, I feel like I really got lucky. You know what I mean? 
I got lucky mm-hmm. because it's not for like this doesn't happen to everybody. Like strong male figures don't just walk into people's lives. You know, a lot of times it's it's substances, it's drug dealers, it's it's not great people, it's toxic relationships that you build. And yeah. I, I got lucky and I I wanna be that stroke of luck for somebody else if I can, you know? I everyone always asks me, like, especially my mom, she's like, Are you ever gonna have kids? And I'm like, I really don't want my own kids. And she's like, why not? I'm like, I feel like if I were to have my own kid, that might take me away from potentially touching other people's lives. Because if I did have a kid, it would be, boom, all all in, all in, all in, like, fuck everything else I'm doing. And I, I question, like, if I had a kid, like, I'm like, well, if I did stop all those things that I'm doing now, like, would that change who I am as a person? Or, like, you know, I, I think a whole part of me would change. And a lot of people say it's the best part of you that changes. But for me, like, I really love being this punk, professional uncle, no kids. I love this thing. I love, you know, getting to meet my friend's kids. And they just think I'm a big kid. And they're like, my mommy's being mean. I'm like, your mom loves you. Calm down. like. You know? No, I totally get it. Cause I feel like, honestly, when you have kids, like you're so like drawn onto like molding that one person, and then like your whole life is just like put on hold. But like what you said, and I always say this all the time, it's unfortunate. Or I can't say it that way. I sometimes regret having kids. I love my fucking kids to death. But my thing is too, I love to touch people, and I love to talk to people, and I love to like change people's lives. And I feel like if I wasn't so focused on one thing, I wouldn't be so stressed all the time. I wouldn't be this or that. I've always been the type to where I want to talk to people for this podcast, for example, like talk to people and like feel what other people are going through because I've been through so much shit in my life that I'd rather focus like so much attention on other people and like, you know, like changing people's lives, like you said, and like my experiences and their experiences and like just giving them better like whatever but like for me as a mom like it's hard for me to sit there and like talk to like a little kid like hey so this is how it is because me I'm so like monotone and like blah I'm just like to the point where like oh well life sucks that's how it is that's just how I grew up yeah and that's where I was like growing up like I don't want to have kids because I don't I can be a role model but not like enough to where my kids are gonna be a piece of shit but my shit is literally just like yeah you're like sad or this or that and it's like me too like that's life and it's fucked up but that's just how I've always been that's my personality it's like the tough love and I don't know if it's because of what I went through growing up or what it's just like honestly I know that's what it was growing up so it's just I have, like, so many emotions that it sucks ass because, like, it takes a lot for somebody close to me to die and for me to be, like, super upset about it. Yeah. I I mean, I think... It's sad. I'm, like, literally, like, Wednesday Adams. Like, yeah. Yeah. Like, no emotions. And it's fucking... When it comes to that kind of stuff. No, for sure. It's... Some barriers are harder to break down than others. You know what I mean? And I think we just have to be willing to, no matter how scary and uncomfortable it is. Um, I mean, listen, I haven't done it yet, so 
don't ask me for advice on how to do it. But I think maybe the first step is to be willing, you know? Yeah. And be it, the great thing is, if I had to give myself any fucking kudos at all, it's like, I'm pretty aware of it. And if something was wrong, like, Jesus Christ, like, I'm drinking all fucking day because I'm sad all the time. Mm-hmm. Okay, I need help, you know? Yeah. But with the emotions that I do have going on, I'm just trying to make sure I deal with them in constructive ways. It's so much easier said than done. I'm not saying anyone can deal with their issues like I can, but it is not impossible to get help or do something constructive with your life. And don't be afraid to get help. Because me personally, I'm afraid to get help only because I've had bad experiences when I was a teenager. But honestly, like I'm to the point where like I probably do need a little bit of help, but not necessarily like you need meds. Yeah, but you need to talk to somebody or do something like just so they can get a little. And I think a lot so of people you can get a grip on your life. Yeah, I think a lot of people too are unaware of how much help is out there. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's a lot now. Like, but I think there's a lot more than there used to be at periods of time. But, um, yeah, I think there's a lot more help than people know, and you yeah. know, rather it be groups, um, group discussions, online therapy, which is now a thing. I think there's way more help than people know. You just have to want it and you have to be able to look for it. And it's hard. It's hard to even get to that point, especially when you're like breaking down and want to fucking rip your fucking hair out. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, so. Oh, Jesus. I'm sorry. So we're going to like end this podcast, but we got to throw some like dirty shit in here because it's the Naughty by Natty. Let's do it. We're going to turn into the sad stuff into like a ha ha. At the end. My girl loves sex with tears. Uh, Go ahead. Okay. This is just a basic question on your opinion. Do you think the male or female orgasm is more intense? It has to be the female. Okay. I'm so sorry. It sounds like a female orgasm coming out of that phone. Kyle Wade, you are on the Naughty Naughty by Natty (laughs) podcast. Okay, uh, so Jeremy, can ask you ask him uh, that same question? All right, you'll be you'll be let in shortly. Wait, before you go, Mister okay, Wade, on. before you go, do you think the male? Do you or think the, f- the male orgasm or the female orgasm is more intense? More intense, I would definitely say the female. Same, dude. Yeah. Why? For sure. Why do you think so? <laughs> Thank you, sir. We'll see you soon. You're very welcome. <laughs> Sorry, I'm having a quick my right here. Uh, but yes, I would. Um, I would definitely say it has to be the female one because no, no. Okay, don't get me wrong. Mine is intense. Like it's nice, but like once it's gone, it's gone. Mm-hmm. You know, it happens very quickly. It's easy to do. It's not very hard. The female one is so much more challenging and like. Especially that women can come so many times sometimes. I, I feel like women orgasms or last lying. a long time. Oh, that's I like lying. That's cool. What do you think? I don't know. I feel like, okay, me as a normal fucking woman, I guess. I may not be normal. But one that doesn't fake life and everything in it, including sex. Um, now that I'm older. Because we all faked it when we were younger. But anyways, um, yeah, you have an orgasm 
And then, like, yes, it's sensitive to the touch, like, after. And we're like, hey, stop. Like, stop doing that. Stop touching it. Stop licking it. Yeah. Yes, it's it's sensitive, yeah. just like you guys. Yep, yep, for sure. Because once you guys get off and we're still trying to ride your dick, like, you're still like, oh, like, stop. You know, because it's I, that, like, awkward thing. Yeah, I will say one time I had a blowjob so good that um, <laughs> my fucking eye was, like, twitching out and, like, my one of my left cheeks felt like my cheek on my face, like felt like kind of numb. Yeah. Like I was like downed out for a second. That was, uh, that, that was, yeah, that was one time that I was like, I wonder if this is what females feel. <laughs> no, it's not that intense. What I'm saying like, yes, it feels good for us, but like you guys are more like, okay. So I feel like women fake it more than men do when it comes to you guys getting off. That's why I'm always asking like, how do you feel on this or that? Because unfortunately for men, like you guys are just like sitting there, like eating up all this fake ass, like, uh, uh. That, that, that gets me going. Like the faker yeah, it is, it the more I'm in. Cool. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like you guys think the female, female orgasm is more intense than yours. Can I ask you a question? Because of fake ass shit. I have a question. Okay. So once, once things are said and done, orgasms are complete. Now, like, my first mindset is, like, cigarette and a snack and Lord of the Rings. Like Not that cigarette and go to sleep or just roll maybe No, no, sleep. no. Maybe some sleep for sure. Okay. But, like, I will say, like, the last thing on my mind Cuddling. Is, you nailed it. Like, I'm like, it's the absolute last. Jesus Christ. Justin Reed, you are on the Natty by Naughty podcast. Nope, you're all good. All his dildos. All my dildos. Thank you. Sorry, guys. Uh, <laughs> I also have a podcast after this, and my crew keeps calling me. <laughs> all right. So really quick before we uh, quit this. So. <laughs> Wait, what's on your mind after sex? That's what I wanted to know. Like, oh, the female okay. perspective. That's what I wanted to know. Because I just told you mine. So like, you, you, I told you what the last thing on my mind was. But like, what's the female's perspective? Like, do you mine, want more affection after that? No, I'm more like. I got the energy side. You guys got the sleep side. Maybe. I don't know. Everyone's different. But mine's just like, oh, I just got off. That felt so good. Either I want to eat or I want to go, like, do something. Like, I want to hang out. I'm like, oh, my God. Which I, I'm not that kind of person. But I get energy after it. Do you? Yeah. Not it's me. Like energy. That's why I like to do in the morning. And at night, but, like, I don't want to do morning sex because usually, like, dudes, like, get off really fast in the morning because, like, sure wake do. up. And it's like, so, yeah, my favorite's in the morning, not at night. Because by the time I go at night, I'm just, like, drained from the entire, like, night. I'm like, I don't want to do shit. If, if my if girlfriend. If you want to go down on me and lick my pussy, cool, but I ain't <laughs> doing anything other than that. I ain't trying to fuck. I ain't getting on top. No. My girlfriend knows, like, she's, like, if if she wants it good that night, like, first of all. She knows that, like, I need beer and whiskey. If I get some whiskey in me, it's on. And we're going to have a good, good night. Yeah. Like, for sure. And then, like, when everything's just kind of all right, it's because I had, I don't know, a Coke. <laughs> yeah. You know, like, the, the not so. But, like, when I get a little bit of alcohol in me, I am way more passionate yeah. than, like, just like you talked about breaking down those walls, you know? Yeah. So, okay, before we go, I got to throw in this more important thing. So, what? with my... <laughs> 
So my coworkers and I were like fucking around, like talking about stuff. And we talked about mourn porn. And I was like, what the fuck is mourn porn? So we're all talking about it. And I was like, mourn porn. It sounds great. Like mourn porn is like a funeral. You're mourning someone's death. Blah, 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 blah. Just like almost like uh, the movie... Wedding crashers. Wedding crashers. Wedding crashers, oh, but, they funeral but funerals. Okay. Yeah. So mourn porn. Then I was thinking like, okay, so like mourn porn, mourn porn. So this is like the scenario. Cause you know how like in pornos, like they have like a whole like a fucking like a storyline. Okay. Absolutely. So basically all these people are like at a funeral. <laughs> I'm so sad. Just like the weddings and people get all horny and whatever. So like they're going and they're like, they're so sad. And then somebody goes and hooks up like, oh, it's so sad. Like your girlfriend or your husband died. But hey, like after all this time, like I totally wanted to fuck you. Blah, blah, blah. Nice. Fuck behind whatever. So more important. Like. So at the same time, you're mourning someone's death, but also. As you're fucking, like, being shitty as fuck, you're crying. This bitch is crying, or the dude's crying, because whoever died, you're just like, ugh, mourn porn. Also, um, <laughs> it can go into necrophilia. So you're mourning someone's death. Couldn't do it. And somehow, you know, like, after, like, they bury the body or whatever, fucking later on you go down, you're mourning their death, and you're Fucking at that dead body. Nah. So it turns into mourn porn. So it goes necrophilia. What's the question? So many. It wasn't a question. <laughs> this is just <laughs> secluding my it mind. Was the thing that I was saying is like somebody talked about something about porn, and then we said mourn porn, and then I thought of all these concepts of what mourn porn could be because you're mourning someone's death. So it's either. You're sad because someone died and then you go and fuck somebody to make you feel sp- better. Or you go and fuck that dead body because you're like mourning their death. Yada, yada, yada. And I think like Pornhub should take my advice because there's so many fucking freaky ass motherfuckers out there that like ne- necrophilia and all this like gothic, like scary, like vampire shit. Do you, like, think, do you think you could just get one of those porn. one of those dope ass dolls? Like, the you know what I mean? Like one of those nice sex doll like the nice ones that yeah. are like I don't know like 10 grand or something and just make them look like your ex's corpse uh, yeah. or whatever I don't yeah. know what you're saying but yeah <sighs> this podcast is going but off the rails that's where my mourn porn was going but anyways let's let's get rid of this <laughs> get rid of this <laughs> let's stop this podcast so what would be a great song to end this podcast for like before the mourn porn was like a good way like a mental health song or something that was like like to get the the well, I can't um, leave it like the word out there. Yeah, of mental health. We're gonna um, we're gonna show you something after we start recording, and we're gonna put it on after this. We'll have a name for it. We'll like when will we play it? Like it's a we'll, surprise. It's it's a little bit of a surprise, but um, we're gonna show you something we've been working on. All right. All right. So we're gonna get to recording that here soon. I have to get going because my guests for my podcast are coming. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for having me on. This has been thank really you. fun. It's been um, it's been pretty eye opening for me too. Um, just like I was saying, you know, I'm most vulnerable behind behind the microphone, so this has been good for me. I really appreciate you having me on. 
Of course. Love you every Love time. Love you too, sweetheart. <laughs> Let's go have another beer. All right. Jeremy, that's when you end the motherfucking podcast. Where'd you find this? If you're looking for any audio recording or you'd like to record your own podcast, please visit Cosmic Soup Recording, where you can turn your ideas into reality. Whether you're looking to record one song or a whole album, Cosmic Soup Recording will fit any budget. For more information, visit CosmicSoupRecording.com or call or text at 480-331-7687. That's 480-331-SOUP. 
also available on all social media. Cosmic Soup Recording is located in Phoenix, Arizona, near 24th Street and Thomas. Call now for a free quote or to book your session today. 303-257-5500.